Hey, what's up, everybody? This is Over Discussion with C3 Films. My name is Chris, and this is... Cheryl. And today we are talking about the first two episodes of season one of Bridgerton. The newest season just dropped on Netflix. I've never seen it before, so we thought that this would be a good time for me to at least come and see it. Cheryl's already seen it. We'll be watching season two. But for the sake of the fact of the, the new things coming out and starting soon... It's good to revisit the first season and see what started it all. So we are going to be talking about spoilers for the first two episodes, at least. I haven't seen past that. Cheryl has. So we'll see. Maybe there's a chance that we might get into more spoilers for the rest of season one. We'll try to keep it just to the first two episodes. But go and watch those then come back and watch our show. So let's go ahead and get right into this. One day, Cheryl, I will learn to stop doubting you. <laughs> I promise eventually it'll click. It might just need to happen like two or three more times and then you will earn the permanent trust. But I I, <laughs> I don't know what to say. Uh, I didn't want to watch this at all. I, I legitimately did not want to watch this. I did not think I was going to enjoy it. I was ready to not enjoy it. I literally watched it first out of all the things we were supposed to watch for the purposes of our show on twitch.tv slash c3films because of the fact that I thought I would like it the least. And I went to bed at four in the morning and were and was upset because I wanted to watch another episode and I needed to go to sleep. I don't know how that happened, <laughs> but it happened. Um. Yeah, so a little background. I actually did not want to watch it either because I, <laughs> I was like, why would I want to watch the show about, uh, you know, it's a period piece. Um, and, you know, when you think period piece, it's like Jane Austen-y time. Yeah. Um, and so I was like, there's going to be like, it's just going to be another one of those shows with a bunch of faces that I don't relate to, and so I don't want to watch it. Um, and then I heard, uh, because this is my argument for not watching it, uh, my friends were like, oh, no, it's not like that. It's different. It's Shonda Rhimes. And I was like, oh, it's Shonda Rhimes. And for those of you who don't know, Shonda Rhimes did Grey's Anatomy. She did um, Inventing Anna, one, one of the, uh, the things that we had recently discussed, another one that we didn't think we would like. Uh, another one that Chris didn't trust me on. And uh, she also did Scandal. <laughs> um, she's I'm sure she, she's done so many other things, but those are the ones that I, I can just think of off the top of my head. Um, but yeah, this, in a nutshell, it is a period piece. It is very typical period piece drama, but it has a different take on it. And um, I want to say that the, the different take on it is that it's, it's not just all white people. There's a mixture of all, um, there's you know quite a bit of uh, brown people in it. I don't think there's any, uh, I think there were some Asian people, but they were more like background. No speaking um, roles yet. Yeah, no, no speaking roles. But um, the point is, it's different. And I actually <clears throat> quite enjoyed seeing, you know, uh, the mixture of you know like this is what it should have been like in the past where you know like the queen is brown and the duke is brown and yeah. i mean that's 
like I don't, I don't know if there are any other people in power who were not brown you know um although the main characters are mostly white um caucasian um and there and and there are more you know white characters than there are brown um it doesn't seem to bother me that much because you know sometimes i do kind of look at it like that a lot I think the, the the other thing that I didn't really register of why I think this show um, is so, um, like, not just addictive, but, like, easy to watch and, like, making you want to watch. Because um, sometimes, like, when you watch stuff like this, you get annoyed and outraged by the way people are. And, you know, even in the show, people do things that make you angry um, because the rules of this time period make you angry, but the characters, especially the women in the show, understand that their lives suck and that they have to do these things because of the rules, but they are still very strong female characters and they fight for, um, like, you know, the men to understand their um their problems and they acknowledge that they are problems and they also kind of just outwardly say it they they say stuff like uh like a man will not like uh i think the mom was saying something about um how the uh, men will res will will not respect a woman's choice um, but they will respect a man's choice. So yeah. they kind of, you know, utilize that um, in a way where like, well, you know, if they want something done, then they have to kind of uh, kind of manipulate the situation situation so they can get things moving along. So there's just a lot of that. But but yeah, tell me what you thought about it. Yeah, no, I was I, I was listening and just thinking to myself. Yeah, she's 100 percent right. There's a lot of things in here that um, that st stuck out to me, which is why I enjoyed it. One of the things that I like to do as a writer is I like I like to create worlds where people are just people, and they're and they're able to the, the problems that people have are are related to them just being people. So, in the case of like Bridgerton, obviously there's still the whole um, ism of sexism that's still like pre prevalent in the show. But what I found so interesting was the fact that, at least what I've seen so far, there does not appear to be racism in this world. And I think that's what really caught me off guard. Because when you have the brother talking about how he doesn't want his sister to marry certain people, I thought by the time it got to the Duke, I thought it was going to be, you can't marry him because he he's this, he's brown, he's dark, he's this or that. I really thought it was going to go there. And when it didn't go there at all, I was able to just sit back and be like, oh, oh okay, so we're just, we're, just, we're just here. We're just here, we're royalty, and we're just like everybody else. And everybody respects the fact that they're royalty. Everybody interacts on an equal playing field within this social hierarchy. It's not about skin color at all. It's just... They look at each other as equals and as people, and they're able to like move move through life in that way. And I was like, "Oh, okay, this is different. I didn't expect this at all. Uh, I, I'm on board. Let me let me check this out." And yeah, and as far as like 
So there is still an ism, which um, relates to how the women are still cons considered to not have high social standings within their social hierarchy. But the fact is that, and you got to imagine that it might have, it probably was this way in the past. They have to be smart to get what they want and they have to manipulate situations. They have to manipulate men or however they have to, whatever they have to do to have the life that they wish for themselves. And it was interesting to me because like there are points when, like you said, you get upset because of like the time period that it's trying to express. So when the, um, the Daphne, when she's talking about how, you know, all she has is marriage. This is what she's been bred for. And it's the only thing that she can do. And even when her mom is talking to her about like, well, you know, you'll, you'll put your work into your kids and things like that. Like there's a part of me that's just like that just from my personal feelings, I'm like, Oh wait, no, there's, there's more. No. What are you talking about? Why are you saying that to your daughter? But it's working within the confines of the time period that it takes place in. So the way they talk to each other about how to, how to navigate their social standing, how to navigate their situations is realistic. And I like that. So I like this element of, listen, based off of what I know life to be, this is it. And so if this is it, I'm going to try to create the best version of this as I possibly can. If I have to be married off, I want to be sure that I'm married to somebody that I actually love. And I'm going to do everything in my power to set that up. And like when it gets into the grand scheme of things, you're like, okay, the world's not ending. You're, it's just, it's just marriage, whatever, whatever. But it's more than that. It's their lives. And when you put it in the context of that and frame it in that way, it's like, yeah, this is a big deal because this is all you know, and this is all you may ever have. So if it means that you have to play this game to try to con to get yourself to have these great like these suitors that are going to be more towards your benefit, then you got to play the game. And that is another thing that caught me off guard too. Like I didn't know what the show was going to be. We were talked about on um, the Umbrella Academy how they set up what the entire season is going to be by the end of it, and this did something similar too. When they meet each other and they con concoct their plan. I coming into it without knowing anything thought it was going to be a romantic thing about not, I'm not gonna lie. I thought it was gonna be about this brown guy liking this white woman and there was going to be problems because of racism and everything else like that. But turns out not only is there no racism, them being together is, is a ruse. And I'm like, this is really interesting. And of course I suspect that they'll actually start to fall for each other maybe he'll start to fall for her first it seems like it's going that way but just the standpoint of we don't actually like each other but we're going to pretend like we're together so that i can be left alone and you can get good suitors i said okay all right guys that's an interesting premise i'm, I'm on board i'll watch a little bit more yeah, I mean, like, if you if you were to, like, say it out loud, like, because I, I, I tell people they should watch this all the time, um, and I still can't convince my boyfriend to watch it, but, I mean, it's just, it's just hard to explain, right? Because it's, it's so simply put, um, like, when you say it out loud, it doesn't sound intriguing, because it's just, it's a period piece, um, there's people of color in it, it doesn't matter, like, yeah, I guess that's the twist, um, but also, like, the female characters are suppressed, but they're also, like, kind of badass, right? Mm -hmm. um, so it doesn't really sound very interesting. Even the plot doesn't sound interesting. 
because it's kind of a recycled plot. It's something that we've seen before. Um, basically, two people pretend to like each other, and then, you know, presumably, they um, and probably end up falling in love with each other, right? Like, there's no, like, I, I mean, I'm not going to lie, That's there's there's no twist to that. <laughs> it just yeah. is. That's, it's the direction that they're setting it up for, and that's the direction that it's going. But it's really just the interactions between the people. It's the dialogue. The dialogue really gets me. It's very dialogue heavy, but the things they say are so interesting, um, and they really, they really put it out there. Like, yes, there is sexism. Sexism is a big thing. It's also classism. Classicism. Classism. Yeah. <laughs> and um, status. It's issue of status. Of staying in status. Staying in, um, in the wealth and, uh, and everyone's just deadly afraid of being caught in a scandal and um because that can ruin them and then you have this um this narrator voice which you know i also hate but the way they they twist it the way they frame it is that it's like a um a gossip newspaper that everybody reads and and that's like how we're being fed the information as well as seeing um, you know, the like what's actually happening. So in a sense, the narrator is not just someone that's feeding us information. The narrator is actually, you know, a, a, an, an abstract character in the show. So it's just so, I mean, I don't know. Like, I, I don't know if I can ever convince my boyfriend to watch it, but it's just so hard to pitch this show it's kind of like you just have to see it to like understand why it's so good exactly and i th i still feel like it might not be for everybody but i feel like if you go in it into it with an open mind the show can surprise you it's very well written and like you said very well uh has very good dialogue very well acted and it's yeah it's it keeps being intriguing there, I, I actually rewatched a scene, two scenes in the, the first two episodes. The first scene I rewatched was the conversation between the mother and the, and the son when they were talking about uh, responsibility. And it's such a great scene because you can see the power shift in the actual conversation. It starts off with the brother basically kind of talking badly to the mother about what she's doing as far as Daphne's future and how you know he has how he has responsibility and then it shifts because you find out that the mother knows about how the brother is going and having a uh, mistress with, and is not going to sire an heir which is his responsibility but is looking to have his two younger brothers do it and she basically says to him, you have to choose if you want to be, are you the man of this family or are you just, or are you the oldest, uh, the oldest son or the oldest brother? And he has, he's got to think about it, but it also gets him to make a, a, a choice. He makes a choice based off of that conversation. And then the second scene I rewatched was with these same two characters after they, they're able to get Daphne out of marrying the Baron which was a really cool plan that they en enacted using that gossip columnist whose word seems to be more powerful than the queen itself, which uh, is 
really amazing. And yeah, in that scene where the mother basically tells, like, it's not, it's, it's, it plays out in a way that's different than how I'm going to express it. But in the short term, it's basically her saying, you may be the man of the house, but I'm the actual leader of the house. And that was such a cool moment between those two. I loved it. I agree. That's definitely one of my favorite scenes. Um, very memorable. And a another great example of just pure good writing um, in sense of dialogue. Like, the di again, the dialogue in the show is, is probably what you watch it for. Um, like, you can probably just just listen to it only and get it's like the opposite of umbrella academy right like for this one you can you can watch it by just listening to what they're saying and then you know get the story that way but for umbrella academy you can just watch it and not listen to it and get an idea of what's happening so it's like the complete opposite there um but yeah i mean it's just uh, even even for me the um uh like like Eloise is uh, not in the competition of trying to to get a, a husband yet um, and they make it clear that she uh, wants to go to school like she she's not interested either. in men um, and and she has this like uh, this really close relationship with her best friend Penelope um, but Penelope has a crush on her brother, and so there's like, you know, you think that this is a romance, but it's not. It's about the women and their lives and what they have to go through. Um, but I, I just thought, I, I really think that Eloise is a cool character because she's very rebellious. She's the most rebellious, but she's also, you know, um, abiding by the rules. She just is doing it, um, you know, with an attitude. <laughs> no. Eloise is actually my favorite character. I'm glad you brought her up because something about her, her continence and the way she speaks, like, I just, I'm like, I'm all for it. But she even has some of the funniest moments. One of, like, a, mo a moment that legitimately had me laughing was when she comes in and she says, I thought that you needed to be married to have kids. Apparently, it's not even a requirement. And I, like, the way she just flippantly just says it, and you can tell, tell that she, she's trying to figure it out, and she, she knows that she's being lied to, and she wants to know the truth, but no one's telling her the truth, and the way she's expressing it is just, it's so much fun. And then she sits by her brothers, and she says, I'm assuming the two of you know, and you can see the looks in their face as they're trying not to, like, tell her. <laughs> and it's great, and it reminds you that, yeah, you know what? These conversations about sex, they still don't necessarily happen that much today, but back then, it was even worse, I imagine. So, how? yeah, if someone asks where babies come from, and you'd say, oh, yeah, when you're married, you have, like, ba babies come from being married, then you're like, oh, okay. Who's gonna, who's gonna tell them otherwise until they're older? So, I thought that that was a cool little element that the, that the show put in there, because these kids are literally going around being like, wait a second, your maid is pregnant, but she's not married. I thought that you had to be married. What? Something's wrong. That's not right. That should be impossible. And of course, we all know. It's like, okay, well, we, we know what it actually is. And then when they go and they ask her again, she says, well, it's love. And so it's still not really the truth. It's I see what she did there, but it doesn't help these girls figure it out. 
Yeah, and then even then, yeah, yeah, that was, I was definitely gonna bring that up too, because I just, I thought it was funny, and I thought it was really cute and interesting, just like, you know, it it circles back to education, that they don't have that education um, to, like, you know, know how their own bodies work, and I just think it's funny, because, like, first they thought it was marriage, and then they, then they're like, oh, but then, like, this other person said that it's love, and then like, wait, but that doesn't make sense. That doesn't match up because like they know that people who are married don't necessarily love each other, but somehow they make kids. So then it makes it even more confusing for the two of them. And they're just like, they're like on a mission to figure out like, where do babies come from? Um, and then there's just like, you know, I, I, I can't say without, you know, spoiling it, but um there's also just the whole idea of, you know, these these girls are just generally inexperienced with sex and you just really see that like, you know, throughout the throughout the series. So and, and it's kind of like we're watching them learn about womanhood. Right. And that that is that is kind of um one of the themes of the show. So Okay, yeah, <laughs> I I'm excited to see that, uh, see more of that because that's something that very that caught me off guard. Because even Daphne didn't seem like she knew the answer either, which is interesting because Daphne's looking for a husband right now, so it's like she's gonna find out soon. Um, and the Duke himself, I want to talk about talk about him briefly. I was happy to start seeing some of his backstory. You know, they have this whole thing. I mean. I'm not trying to put, I'm not going to put all my business out there, but let's just say, Cheryl, you under, you'll, you'll understand this. Me and the Duke have something in common about how we feel about certain um, attachments in life <laughs> and how he makes certain vows. And so, like, I found that very interesting, and I was like, oh, okay, but what is this, what's this based in? Why does he feel this way? What is this about? Like, we, everybody, people who make that choice or feel that way have a certain reason why they feel that way. And then... You get to see more about his childhood. You get to see that he wasn't always this suave, very good-looking, very well-spoken guy. Like, as a kid, good-looking kid, but he had trouble speaking. And and because of the times, he was considered to be, like, dumb, as opposed to just being a kid that has a stutter or just needs some encouragement and can grow out of it because he's a kid. So the fact that his father was so much about like inc- like continuing the line that he didn't even let his his wife hold his like hold her baby after it was born didn't even and she was even just praying that she was able to give him a son as if it's like her choice and not like <laughs> as if it doesn't take two people to make a baby um and so like you know he her the father was for all intents and purposes just a, a monster of a human being and so to see that by the end of the second episode, he made a vow that the reason he's not getting married is actually because he's trying to stick it to his dead father. He wants to make sure that he never sires an heir so that the line that his father was so concerned with pre- with uh, prevailing throughout history is going to die with him. And that would be the ultimate revenge for how his father slighted him. And I was like, oh, Okay, now that's a cool motivation, bro. You are so dedicated to being like, screw you, that you are like, you're dead and gone, and I am still going to carry out this vow. You're not even alive to see it, 
but the fact that I know that I succeeded in it is enough to make me follow through. And I'm like, I applaud you for that one. That's that's some commitment, brother. Yeah, you're just like him. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> nah, he looks way better than you. No, I'm just kidding. Oh my god. Kidding again, kidding again. Um, <laughs> although I have to say, I do not dislike. I mean, he's very easy on the eyes. Like, very easy on the eyes. That is an attractive man right there. (laughs) Like, I would like to meet this guy one day, even though he's a famous (laughs) actor. But anyways, um, going back to, like, you know, just the the whole thing about um, him, like, caring more about the birth of his child than his wife, you know, it just, it's another way, I think, or another instance where they're showing how little people care about the women. Um, where like he didn't even care that she died. He cared more about having a boy than his um, wife dying. Yep. So, exactly. yeah. Yeah. So the show, like it's man, it's it hooked me. I don't know what else to say. I didn't expect it. I, I this is my second Chandra Rhyme show I'm watching in the last two weeks because I actually did finish Inventing Anna um, and have talked to other people about Inventing Anna because of how well that show is written and how well those characters are done. So to come and watch this, which I'm pre- which she did before Inventing Anna, I, apparently I'm just like on a Shonda Rhimes kick now. <laughs> I mean, she has good stuff. So it's her stuff is very different. It's very unique and it's very... Um pro-diversity and that's why anytime I hear uh, something news by Shonda Rhimes I'm like oh I want to see it because usually her stuff is pretty good so nice but yeah I'm excited to see more is there uh, anything we didn't touch on that you just wanted to like mention real quick yeah I wanted to point out the music I actually quite enjoyed the music Um, part of it uh, or part of the reason why is because um, they actually at times use modern music but in the style of the period so I noticed I, that. Yeah. yeah you did <laughs> it's not that unnoticeable um but it is one of the things that i like the best because because um i know that usually her shows use you know modern music like the 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 hits of the day and which is nice because you know it's 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 never really the um sometimes it is but um a lot of the times it's like a a different rendition of the song um done in a in a different way to fit the mood um and that's exactly what this is again it's modern music done in a different way to fit the mood to fit the theme um of the of the show and so i it's just exciting and i i I really like you know um, instrumental so to hear you know m- music that we are familiar with in that way is uh, really fun for me I really enjoyed it it's well it's so good because there are t- there were times I think when it first happened I asked myself I said why does this sound familiar like you're hearing something that you swear you know but at the same time you shouldn't know it because of like the the, the time setting that's that this is in and then I realized oh they're doing mo- instrumentals of modern songs within the time period itself 
that is brilliant because it's not only just like cool to listen to, but it's a nice aesthetic choice and like building your world. So I was like, all right. Yes. Yeah, I'm glad you mentioned the music because I had forgotten about that, but that yeah. was something that caught me off guard. I think it also just kind of makes you feel connected. Like you feel like you relate to the feeling of the music because you are already familiar with it but it's not overbearing. It's not like, it, it doesn't throw you off because it's still in the style of the period. And, and so it still fits in with the show and the style of the show. Um, but it's something that you are familiar with. And that's kind of awesome to do. Cause you know, when you watch a period piece, the music is quite boring because it's just yeah. instrumental, right? But then now we have modern instrumental. So it's more, you know, captivating. And I think um, a big part of that is because we know the music. Yeah, absolutely. It makes it more engaging because of that level of um, connection. So it, yeah, it pulls you in even more and makes it so that even if it's a scene that could otherwise kind of be bland or boring, you're not as bored or bland because one, you're trying to figure out what that song is. And two, once you figure out what that song is, you're like, oh my God, that's so cool. And now you're just like, you're just, taking it all in so absolutely my jam <laughs> oh man but yeah was there anything else or is that it uh no that was it so yeah that's what we thought about bridgerton so the next thing season two is out i believe now yes yeah, out on netflix right now so are you guys gonna watch season two have you seen season one after we talked about it do you now want to check out season one did it like surprise you with the music? Did it surprise you with the lack of racism? Did it surprise you with the way that these female characters try to take agency in within their sexist world? Whatever you thought about it, comment below, let us know. And while you're down there, give us a like, share, and subscribe. Even if you don't though, I have been Chris and this has been Cheryl and we'll see you all next time.